0: Welcome to the ice cream shop and this week we're gonna give you a scoop of the Clutter family murders. So this show is serial killer scoop and we will be doing serial killers. This isn't technically they're not technically serial killers but they did kill multiple people and I'm just saying it's one of the it's one of the cases that I'm very passionate about.
1: I love so. I love killers.
0: oh my god if you hear anything in the background please ignore that. <laughs> Same. my brothers may be loud but um, can you
1: hear anything
0: not really no okay so yes yeah, so like i said we're going to be doing the clutter family murders um i've been into this case for ages um i ages? read ages yeah i've um i read truman capote's in cold blood which I definitely recommend it. This is where I got a lot of my information from. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the best books I've ever read. Um, So just that's where I am getting all this from. I will link it um, in the show notes. And then also I'll link some of the articles that I got because there's an article called Nothing But Heart Celebrating the Life of Herb Clutter, which is the father. Um, and I got a lot of information about him from that. Okay. So, let's begin. So, imagine this. As far as the eye can see, land almost as flat as me. Herds of cattle, horses, and a white cliff. Cloth- wait, wait,
1: wait, i <laughs> almost as flat as you.
0: <laughs> I was waiting until you picked that up, and you didn't. Now she's like, okay. But, yeah, um, I'm a c- comedian, guys. Um.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
0: So herds of cattle, horses, and a white cluster of grain elevators rising to touch the sky as gracefully as Greek temples are visible from miles away. You see these sites long before you reach them. Are you imagining this, Alexa?
1: I'm imagining that it's very expensive.
0: Maybe. Well, that's Holcomb. And that's where the story takes place. Um, the okay, but like
1: for- horses are very expensive.
0: Yeah, they are. But a lot of these farmers, especially the Clutter family, they have money. And you will see this. They have money. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Let me see if any of their ancestors are alive.
0: (laughs) Gonna go get married. Um, So, resting on the high wheat plains of western Kansas, the lonesome area is what other Kansas call, quote-unquote, out there, even though all of Kansas is out there. Like it's royal, ro- Royal, rural, royal, royal. rural rural. <laughs> I can't say ours.. Rural? Um, <laughs> um, it can see, be seen from practically light years away, but still, people tend to overlook it. There isn't much this town. There's a bank which closed in 1933 and was being used as an apartment complex. There's a dance hall that has been abandoned for several years. Um, there's a Ramshack mansion, known because a good part of the local school facility lives there as a teacher's. Um, the only thing this town has really is the Holcomb School. It was a good looking establishment, modern, and an oddly staffed consolidated school. The school usually holds around 360 students, all of which range from kindergarten through senior high. Um, so this town was a village. Uh, okay, everyone. So
1: that school must be like really, really big because my school is like middle school to high school, and it's like six hundred sixty six students.
0: Yeah, but it's only three hundred students, and like my high school has like three thousand students. So like That's... everyone, yeah. So like in this town, and even today, everyone knows each other there. Like it's got, it's not gotten that much bigger, and as we'll see, everyone knew the clutters. Everyone, oh my God, knew.
1: imagine the gossip.
0: There was a lot of gossip, actually, and we'll get into that. Um, so when you think of rural towns in Kansas, you may not think of diversity. You may think of white, more conservative individuals. But that wasn't the case with Holcomb. Some of the farm ranchers in Holcomb were German, Irish, Norwegian, and even Mexican and Japanese. And they all treated each other like brothers because they were, in fact, all in the same game. They raised cattle and sheep through wheat, milo, grass seeds, and sugar beets. Farming was their way of life. The people of Holcomb lived in peaceful bliss, and some would call them ignorant. Anyone who knew of Holcomb was from Holcomb. Not even other Kansans would recognize the name. So you could go up to a Kansan and be like, I'm from Holcomb, and they'll be like, what? Are you okay? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um,
1: I've actually never heard of that, and I've like.
0: Yeah, it's more known now because of this case. Ever since this case, like, nothing has happened there. Like, it's sort of like people go there a lot, but even, like, people don't live there that much. Like, there's still a very small town. So um, that was until one morning in mid-November of 1959, so this is a much older case, when four shotgun blasts took the lives of six individuals. So at the time, not a soul was awake, not a soul heard the fatal blast, but afterwards The townspeople would take it upon themselves to find fantasy in this brutal attack. A town once full of people who seldom took the trouble to lock their doors was turned into a fire of mistrust. They were no longer neighbors. They were now strangers. Strangers who had a killer amongst them. Because before... Before, they'd be like, come on in. And now they're
1: like, no, stay outside.
0: Yeah, like the door is unlocked. Come in in the middle of the night and like eat the fucking shit out of my pantry. But like now they're like, now they're like, no, we're leaving. We're done here. Um, now they're like,
1: sweetheart, lock the door. We're going to like Florida for vacation. Like
0: forever. Yeah, like, like we're leaving. Okay. Yeah, like we're leaving forever. Um, so 48 year old Herbert William Clutter was a man who stood around 5'10. And although he often wore rimless glasses and was of but average height, which I didn't know 5'10 was average height, I find, I think that 5'10 is like tall, but that maybe because I'm 5 foot. No,
1: I'm like, I think I'm like 4'9, 4'10,
0: so 5, that's that's really tall. It's tall, like for us, I guess. But I guess in science, it's sort of average height, it's a little bit less than average height. Um, but even though he was but of but average height, Mister Clutter cut a man's man figure. His shoulders were broad. His hair was held; it had held its dark color. His square jawed, confident face retained a healthy hued youthness, usefulness. He
1: sounds hot.
0: Um, he is very attractive, <laughs> and his teeth, unstained and strong enough to shatter walnuts, were still intact. Which back then in Kansas was like wow. Um. So he was a very handsome man, and his wife was beautiful, but her story is a little bit sadder, and we'll get into Bonnie um, later. Um, oh, he
1: is very attractive.
0: Yeah, and their son's very attractive, too. Um, Herbert, who was known as Herb around town, so that's what we'll call him, graduated from Kansas State University, where he had majored in agriculture in 1933. He was a very intelligent man. Um, I like t- him smart. I mean yeah, if smart and funny wins the race. Um so at the time he attended the school, it wasn't called Kansas State University, it was called Kansas State College. Um he was born May 24th, 1911 in Gray County, Kansas. So he never he never moved. He was just there. He was in the small town.
1: Oh never mind, he's not attractive.
0: <laughs> okay, well, he was a very handsome man for a 48-year-old farmer. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um he met Bonnie Mae Fox through a college friend and that college friend was Bonnie's brother. So Bonnie's brother was like, yo.
1: Yo, hook up with my sister. Hook up with my
0: sister, bro. We could be like a family. Um and then so the two wed in 1934.
1: Yo, Bowie, hook up with my cousin.
0: I'm not hooking up with your cousin,
1: Alexa. At least like we can be sisters in law.
0: Okay, fine.
1: See, <laughs> no, no, never mind. Don't do that. <laughs> so, 40,
0: um, so 45-year-old Bonnie Clutter, who was born Bonnie May Fox, had been a timid, pious, delicate girl. And had been the girl Herb had wanted to marry. He looked at this woman. He saw her and was like, I'm gonna marry her. It, it was love at first sight.
1: Was it like Grease that she's like the good, soft one and he's like the... I'm gonna go
0: in a car race. That's not what he was like at all. I think they were both very intelligent, very um sophisticated individuals, you know. They weren't like No, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> um so she was gorgeous. Um and up until the day she died, she was beautiful. Um and she had blessed him with four children, a trio of daughters and then a son. Aviana was the eldest. Um, So at the time, she lived in northern Illinois with her husband and 10 month old, but visited her family quite frequently. Um, They've had a very, the whole family is very tight, like very close. Next came Beverly. um, And at the time, she was engaged to a young biology student of whom her father very much approved, which we all know that's the goal. Yeah. Um, Then came Nancy, who was 16 and the town darling. Um, She was absolutely stunning. And Every guy in town, every girl in town was like, I I want to either be you or be with you, you know?
1: Okay, Nancy from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. So she was only one year older than her baby brother, Kenyon. Um, and Kenyon was only 15, but was much taller than Mr. Clutter. Um, And even from the outside, it was certain that there were things wrong, quote unquote, wrong with Mrs. Clutter. Bonnie suffered from little spells or seizures, as we would call them today. She grew nervous as she got older and her health started to decrease. She usually stayed in her room, um, rarely going outside or even downstairs. And her and Herb didn't share a bed, which naturally fed rumors about affairs, um, marriages falling apart, um, infertility or infidelity, that stuff. But the couple were still happy in their marriage, even with the tensions of Mrs. Clutter's failing health. So at the time that this happened, Eviana and her family were expected within the next fortnight, for her parents had planned a sizable Thanksgiving reunion of the Clutters. And Beverly had begun sending out invitations to her wedding, which was scheduled for Christmas week. It was a very exciting time for everyone in the Clutter family. Um, I think especially Mr. Clutter. He was like, my daughter's getting married. My other daughter just had a child. I'm a happy dad and <laughs> grandfather. Um, he was really He was really the type of person who was like, My family is the most important thing. So Friday the 13th, two days before Herb, Bonnie, Kenny, and Nancy would be killed, Nancy had a play, um, Tom Sawyer, in which she played Becky Thatcher. Everyone had enjoyed it, especially Mr. Clutter, um, because he loved his wife, and he enjoyed it because Bonnie had come along, and it seemed as though she were her old self again. Um, She was nervous, was smiling, she was talking to people, um, and of course he also enjoyed Nancy's performance, and the whole family was proud of her. She had done so well. She had remembered all of her lines, and she looked like a true Southern belle. She was beautiful. Um, But Nancy, being a sixteen-year-old girl, saw that her father was in a good mood and asked mm-hmm. if she might drive to Garden City with some friends. So that's sort of like
1: uh, a little ma- bit the manipulative.
0: Oh, she wasn't manipulative, but she was that's just like... like
1: you wait until they're in a good mood, and you're like, hey, can I borrow like
0: your or car? or you're like or you're like or you go up to your mom and you're like, you look really good today. Can I get this like? like like thing on Amazon <laughs> <laughs> my parents have caught along they're like whenever I'm like hey you look really nice they're like what do you want and I'm like okay so I want this um so Garden City was a little bit out of Holcomb but not that far it was like super close um so the state theater, theater it's spelled theater. like it's it's spelled like the fancy theater was yeah. having a special 11:30 Friday the 13th spook show because even back then friday the 13th was friday the 13th and all of her friends were going emphasis on the all she went up to her father and was like because she, she called him daddy so she was like daddy please all of them are going and he was like fine <laughs> um but any other day mr clutter would have said no um Kenyan and nancy were always supposed to be home by 10 on weeknights and 12 on saturdays and that was that his laws were laws but he gave in he saw how happy nancy was and he saw how good she did in the play, and she was like, just go out with your friends. So Nancy, ecstatic by the news, naturally hurried over to a group of friends and bid her parents and younger brother farewell. It was almost 2 a.m. when Nancy Clutter returned home. Herb had heard her come in, which is a tongue twister. He called to her- Herb had
1: heard her her
0: come in. Heard had heard her come in. You said heard. (laughs) Okay, Herb had heard her come in. I did it, okay. okay. He called to her, And though he was not a man to raise his voice, he was a very calm, collected individual. He had some plain things to say to his daughter, statements that concern less the lightness of the hour, and more the young man who had driven her home. Oh! I know, scandalous. So Bobby Rupp was very attractive. You can look him up. He had blonde hair. He had this, like, square jaw. He was, like, he just had this smolder, and it was like, I would...
1: Let me see. I would let you
0: drive me home, Bobby. I would let him
1: drive me home. You saw him? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he is attractive. So Bobby Rupp was a school basketball hero, and Mr. Clutter liked him. He considered Bobby quite dependable for his age, which was 17, so a year older than Nancy. Um, So Nancy and Bobby had been going steady, so dating, for a while at this point, and even though Mr. Clutter approved of him as a person, he did not approve of him as a boyfriend. He had suggested that Nancy discontinue seeing so much of Bobby.
1: Why did he say discontinue As if he's, like, a product? Like, Nancy, we're gonna discontinue this.
0: It's just then- how they spoke. It's just, like, he said, Nancy, you, like, discontinue seeing so much of Bobby. So he wanted him to, like, reel it back. Like, Nancy, you're 16. Reel it back. In reality, this isn't gonna work out. And I'll tell you why it's not gonna work out. The Rupp family were Roman Catholics, and the Clutters were Methodist. Oh. Roman Catholics and Methodists did not marry. And mr clutter didn't want his daughter to get hurt when eventually the two would have to separate it was a different time now methodists and roman catholics get married get divorced get married again like it you know but back then it was like nancy you're gonna marry another methodist and he's gonna marry another roman catholic um so nancy had listened to her father and had been reasonable she had not argued and by the end of the scolding i used the word scolding it was really more of a lecture. Um, Herb had secured a promise from her to begin a gradual breaking off from Bobby. So the Bobby incident had lamentably, which is a big word.
1: Lamentable I need to look that up. I'm <laughs> too
0: Um, put off <laughs> Mr. Clutter's retiring time that night, which was ordinarily 11 o'clock. And as consequence, he did not wake up at his usual hour of 630. Herb Clutter woke up, um, well after seven on Saturday, November 14th, 1959. And after drinking a glass of milk and putting on a fleece-lined cap, Mr. Clutter carried an apple with him as he went outdoors to examine the morning. He loved just, before he went out to work, he would have an apple, some milk, and just go and look at the sun, you know? He was just a very simplistic man. Okay. Um, It was ideal apple-eating weather. The whitest sunlight descended from the purest sky, and as East Early ripping loose the last um, of the leaves of, on the Chinese elms, which they're very, very beautiful trees. I, okay. Their house. Paws. Yeah. What, it? Apple eating weather? Can you eat
1: apples all the time?
0: No, but it was like the crisp. Because you know the crisp of like the autumn weather and like the, of the apple. It's like just yeah. perfect apple eating weather.
1: Like they just go together.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so now before I continue with the very last day of the Clutter family's lives, I want to tell you about the house they lived in, because this truly shocked me. They were very wealthy. The house, for the most part, had been designed by Mr. Clutter. It had been built in 1948 for, for $40,000. The resale value was now $60,000. I'm to,
1: looking it up.
0: I, I am in today's current. I already did that for you. In today's currency, that would mean it was built for around $450,000. $450, and the resale <laughs> price would be around $670,000. So they had some money in the bank, and they really had money. And some of it came from Bonnie's family because she was from a very um, high class family, sort of. I guess her father was a predominant um, wheat farmer, but Herb got all that money by himself. Like he he was from nothing, and he got all of that. So I'm like, good on you, Herb. Good Herb. So situated at the end of a long lane like driveway shaded by rows of Chinese elms, the handsome white house standing on an ample lawn of groomed Bermuda grass impressed Holcomb. It was a place people pointed out. They would drive past and be like, That's clutter, that's herb. He did that, you know. (laughs) As for the interior, there were spongy displays of liver colored carpet, which sounds disgusting, but it's a very liver? Liver color? liver
1: isn't that like like bloody purple
0: yeah it's like a nice color it shouldn't be called liver though like it should be called something else because it's but it's a nice color um so the liver color carpet intermittently abolishing the glare of varnish resounding floors and an an, an immense modernistic living room couch covered in nubby fabric interwoven with glittery strands of silver metal a breakfast lk featuring a banquet upholstered, upholstered in blue and white plastic the sort of furnishing was what Mr. and Mrs. Clutter liked, as did the majority of their acquaintances, whose homes, by and large, were similarly furnished. So they had very good tastes. They were like, this is what we want, and we're fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, because they had the money to get.
0: They had the money, and even if they didn't, they knew what was, looked good. They were like, well, I might not be able to afford that, but that looks good, you know? Um, so other than a housekeeper, they were very humble people. So other than a housekeeper who came in on weekdays, the Clutters employed no household help, and they really could have, like, they had the money, they had the space to do so. Um, so, since his wife's illness and the departure of their elder daughters, Mr. Clutter had a necessity, had of necessity, learned to cook. Either here Nancy, but principally Nancy prepared the family meals because she was now like the woman of the house. Um, but that didn't mean Mr. Clutter didn't love cooking. He loved baking, cooking, and he was amazing at it. Um, so no woman in Kansas baked a better loaf of salt-rising bread and his celebrated coconut cookies were the first item to go at charity cake sales. Um, but he himself was not a hearty eater. Unlike his fellow ranchers, he even pre- preferred Spartan breakfasts, Spartan breakfasts, um, which are very low breakfast. And that day, November 14th, an apple and a glass of milk were enough for him. He didn't need coffee. He opposed all stimulants, meaning he never touched coffee or tea. He did not smoke, um and of course he did not drink. Um he had never tasted spirits and was inclined to avoid people who had. Um he labored eighteen hours a day and did not have time for any nonsense.
1: But how did he know who had and who hadn't? I don't
0: know. It's like and that didn't make his it It's life- like the
1: town gossip like that strength that it's like did you hear
0: that he like
1: drank yesterday?
0: Oh my gosh, Darren, he
1: drank whiskey. <laughs> I saw him coming home with a bottle of whiskey, and I stood outside, and you can see him in the window,
0: make sure Herbert doesn't hear, oh my god. No, but it was, just like, he was very religious, you know, but, like, not so religious, he was just, like, I don't know, it's, like, it didn't lower his social circle, like, he still had, everyone in the town was, like, his best friend, because they were all of similar religions, and they were, like, yeah, we don't drink, you know? Yeah. Um. And he, even when he was interviewing people to work at the farm, was like, are you a family man? The top two questions were, are you a family man? And do you drink? And if it's not yes and no, you will not be hired. Like, he was very like, you have to love your family and you have to be able to, like, get here, not drunk off your ass, you know? Um,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So on November 14th, 1959, Mr. Clutter went about his work like he always did. Um And his daughter, Nancy, woke up to her brother, Kenyon, calling her downstairs. The phone was ringing for her, um, as it usually was. She was popular. She was beautiful, popular. Everyone loved her. Um. So a neighbor, Mrs. Clarence Katz, the wife of a farmer who lived on the highway, asked if Nancy could teach her daughter, her daughter. Darlene, to bake a cherry pie. Um, Nancy had won a blue ribbon for a cherry pie in like this contest, and so... Ms. You can Kat. win.
1: Then, how many blue ribbons would I have? Because I'm the best. I'm a best. I'm like an amazing baker.
0: Can you make a rock and cherry pie? I can try. Well, you're gonna have to try because Nancy's was is spectacular. Um, now Nancy had plans all day. It wasn't sure if she could fit it into her schedule. She was a very determined, organized, responsible young girl. At sixteen, she tried to help everyone she was a very nice person everyone loved her and we'll get into the fact that everyone did love her um so she had already committed herself to helping another neighbor's child roxy lee smith with a trumpet solo that roxy lee planned to play at a school concert she had promised to run three complicated errands for her mother and had arranged to attend a 4h meeting in garden city with her father and a 4h meeting is basically like a religious thing um okay And then there was lunch to make and, after lunch, work to be done on the bridesmaid's dresses for Beverly's wedding, which she had designed and was sewing herself. She was a very busy woman. Um, And I call her a woman because she's not doing child stuff. She's she's a fucking badass bitch, okay? (laughs) Um, But after asking Mrs. Katz to hold on a second and talking to her father about it, Nancy was able to fit Jolene in. In place of the 4-H meeting, she would be teaching the little girl how to make a blue ribbon-winning cherry pie. So when Nancy left to go help Roxy Liz Smith with her um, trumpet solo, Mrs. Clutter offered to help Jolene Cass company um, until Clarence kept, um came to pick her up. So Jolene really wanted to eat the pie. She was like, we have to eat this pie. Um, but Nancy couldn't. She had to go. She was already like running a little bit late. And so Mrs. Clutter um, ate some of the cherry pie with Jolene. And this was a conversation held between Jolene and Bonnie. So, Mrs. Clutter, you go, dear. I'll keep Jolene company until her mother comes for her. If Jolene doesn't mind keeping me company. This was said to Nancy. The rest is between Jolene and Bonnie. Mrs. Clutter, I hope you understand. I hope you don't, I hope you won't think Nancy rude. Jolene, goodness, no. I just love her to death. Well, everybody does. There isn't anybody like Nancy. Do you know what Mrs. Stringer said? Mrs. Stringer was Jolene's home economics teacher. One day she told the class, Nancy Clutter is always in a hurry, but she always has time. And that's the definition of a lady. And I'm like, Nancy, if Nancy, I just wish, because I feel like she would have done so much. Like, she, she was intelligent. She just was organized. I feel like she would have gone far, you know, even she though it's gone not.
1: very far. She probably, probably would have made more money than her parents <laughs> ever, yeah,
0: combined. Money. Even though the first thing that's like, it's not the first thing that's said about her. That's like, she was intelligent. It's always, she was beautiful. I feel like she was intelligent. She knew what she wanted and she was like, I'm going to get it. And it's just so sad. Um, and then Mrs. Clutter said, yes, all my children are very efficient. They don't need me. No, they don't need me. So it's very apparent apparent that Bonnie was feeling useless. She repeatedly said that she didn't think her family needed her. And it was because they knew, never truly had her. They had grown to not need her because... When and we'll get into this when um. When Nancy and Kenyon were born, Bonnie became really depressed. It was like postmortem, but it was like extreme. Like it did not go away. Did you say
1: post postmortem or partum?
0: No, it's the thing. Post isn't it? Post partum. postpartum is when you get when you give birth, and it's like not mortem. Postmortem, is something completely else. <laughs> um, but And it didn't go away. After Kenyon was born, it was just there forever. And so she wasn't there as a mother. She was very ill. And so they had to grow up having their mother there, but her not doing motherly things. So she's like, they don't need me. And they should need me. It's my fault that they don't. Um, so here are some other things that Mrs. Clutter said during her time with Jolene Katz. She said, forgive me, dear. I'm sure you'll never know what it is to be tired. I'm sure you'll always be happy. Daddy gave them to me talking about miniature tiny things. I had a lovely childhood. Little things really belong to you. They don't have to be left behind. You can carry them in a shoebox. Why, wherever you go, you might be gone for a long time. She said this in response to Jolene asking, carry them where to? Or you might never go home, and it's important to have with you something of your own that's truly yours. So I feel like personally there's much more than just seizures that Mrs. Clutters was dealing with. I think the seizures not being medicated and the obvious depression she had, which we'll go into, really made her life a hell. She felt nothing. She was just... Going through, there's like,
1: nothing behind those eyes.
0: There was, and behind those words, like I can imagine her saying it. She just has this small smile on her face, and she's just looking down at this girl, and she's like, "You might never go home." And it's just like this poor child is like, "You are crazy," but she wasn't. <laughs> she just, was, she was just in a state of like she needed help, and I'm the poor so she,
1: child just having to listen.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, and she needed so much help, and I just wish she got it. Um, so she felt nothing. She was numb. She went through life numb. So this is getting into Bonnie, Mrs. Clutter's, like, life. How, like, the thing that she's going through. So the only daughter of a a prosperous wheat grower named Fox, the adored sister of three older brothers she had not been spoiled but spared, led to suppose that life was a sequence of agreeable events, Kansas autumns, California summers, a round of teacup gifts which had to be a big blow when she got into the real world. And she was like, oh, my God. She was hit with this depression. And she was like, this isn't how it was supposed to go. She was supposed to be at teas with biscuits and long flowing dresses. She wasn't supposed, with her little daughters by her side, she wasn't supposed to be bedridden. And it must have been a shock because she was grown. She was raised to be like, you're safe. And she wasn't
1: wasn't um, safe in the place that
0: she currently was in yeah and i feel like it, she should have been at a hospital and she was in the hospital for a period of time but she just left they were like we don't know we don't know what to do so when she was 18 inflamed and inspired by a biography of florence nightingale she enrolled as a student nurse at st rose's hospital in great Bend, kansas um but she was not meant to be a nurse and after two years she confessed to it a hospital's realities scenes odors it sickened her yet to the day she died and this is so sad she regretted not having completed the course and receiving her diploma and she said just to prove as she had told a friend that i once succeeded at something so she thinks she's a failure she's like i failed but she's not a failure
1: she's not
0: she's a mom and she's like and just the it's no not... moms
1: should call themselves failures.
0: Yeah, and it's just, like, I hate... Because I've, like, I've seen people who are going through, like, this horrible, like, postpartum depression. And she just can't get out of it. She's like, I just wish I was a- seceded. Like, she she doesn't even think she's seceded as a mother. And, like, she has. She's a- their mother. Like, they love her. um, But she just doesn't think so. So, in the second year of her marriage to Herb, Aviana was born. And three years later, Beverly... And after such confinement, the young mother had experienced an inexplicable despotency, seizures of grief that sent her wandering from room to room in a hand-wringing daze. Um, and between the birth of Beverly and Nancy, three, years, uh, three more years elapsed, And these were the years of the Sunday picnics and the summer excursions to Colorado, the years when she really ran her own home and was the happy center of it. These were the years where she was happy. The three years where she was like, I am succeeding. Um, But then with Nancy, and then in quick succession, Kenyon, um, the pattern of postnatal depression repeated itself. And following the birth of her son, the mood of misery that descended never altogether lifted. It lingered like a cloud that might rain or might not. She knew good days, and occasionally they accumulated into weeks, months even. But even on the best of the good days, those days when she was otherwise her old self, the affectionate and charming Bonnie her friends cherished, She could not summon the social vitality her husband's pyramiding activities required. He was a joiner, a born leader. She was not, and stopped attempting to be. And so along paths bordered by tender regard, by total fidelity, they began to go their semi-separate ways. His a public route, a march of satisfying conquest, and hers a private one that eventually wound through hospital corridors. But she was not without hope. Trust in God sustained her, and from time to time, secular sources supplemented her faith in his forthcoming mercy. She read of a miracle medicine, heard of new therapy, or, as most recently, decided to believe that a pinched nerve was to blame. So it became apparent that her and her were opposites, but they still loved each other, and even though they didn't sleep in the same bed, in the same room, and there were rumors about affairs and mistresses and her health she was like i love you i just can't do what you're doing and she admitted that and i feel like she was on the right path
1: yeah i just personally feel so bad for her
0: like her especially like i know that kids are involved in this case like the 15 year old and 16 year old but this woman i just feel so bad for her she's like the one i'm like i you're the one who lost here like the most um, so we're going to quickly talk about Kenyon and then we'll get into the actual crimes um, so Kenyon resembled neither of his parents physically his hair was a crew cut and was hemp colored he was six feet tall and lengthy um, very attractive both in 1959 standards and in today's standards and I'll shoot you a quick photo um, those might not be the best choice of words for this case and I apologize for that but I'll send you a photo he's very like like handsome, like he is attractive.
1: I need to see this photo now.
0: I will. I will. It's like a very popular photo. Like this is like most. It's like a yearbook photo, and he's just like he doesn't. He's like handsome. It's like not like he's pretty. He's just like he's cute. okay. He's not. He's not like pretty. He's
1: like a. He's like a you would date for personality type person.
0: Yeah, and but like you would stay for like the cuteness. Like he was just, he was attractive. You know, like he wasn't as popular as Nancy, but, like, girls would be, like, he's cute, you know? They would pass him by and be like, oh, he's cute. They, but they wouldn't be like, I'm gonna go over and talk to him, you know? Yeah. Very low profile. Um, so, but back to Kenyon, he wore glasses like his father, but that was where the similarities stopped. He was a good shot, and when he was 11, Mr. Clutter allowed him to buy an old truck with money he had earned from raising sheep. 11?! Yeah, so in Kansas, especially back then, boys mostly would start learning how to drive at really young ages. So he had known how to drive since the age of, like, 10. And at 11, his father was like, you've been working really hard. You can get this truck. So um, the truck had a Model A engine, and he and Bob Jones, his only one close friend, called it the Coyote Wagon. So they were, like, really proud of this truck. They were like, this is the Coyote Wagon
1: the coyote wagon (laughs)
0: yeah um so on his last day which i hate those words but it was it was his last day kenny was doing his toys it's his chores um but he wanted to surprise his mother because he was a real mama's boy he was like i'm gonna do this for her so he wanted to surprise his mother by tidying up her flower garden it was a treasured patch of disheveled foliage that grew beneath her bedroom window so she would open he wanted her to open the window look down and see it all cleaned and tidied, and be like you, thank you, you know, because she was sick. She was like bedridden, and she was like, and he was like, this is gonna make her so happy. Um, so when he got there, he bumped into Paul Helm, the husband of the housekeeper. Um, the two talk talked for a bit, and the chores about the chores that they both had to do. Um, and then Helm mentioned the fact that Mister Clutter was having a meeting with Mister Johnson, the quote unquote insurance fellow, because yes, and this is insane. The very last day of Herb Cutter's life was the very day he decided to sign life insurance. Uh, What a coincidence! He had no life insurance beforehand, and he was like, "I should get it." And then he died, and his whole family died. And it's like, dude, that has to be, like that's It's it does it. Like the people who killed him didn't know that, but the fact that that happened is just insane it wasn't it's insane even
1: pascal is nodding his head
0: yeah like, pascal is like pascal is like that's really strange my guy
1: oh well, no no he's trying to commit an alive so
0: oh no yeah you're you need to handle that um so now the crimes and the scenes and this is like a, a huge trigger warning these are very gruesome um and i didn't spare you any details so on November fifteenth, nineteen fifty nine, at nine thirty-five in the morning, a sheriff arrived at the Clutters' house. They had been called after Nancy's best friend Susan Kidwell had gone in to search for her at the family. After the family had showed up, had failed to show up for church service, which was strange. Like Herb you miss
1: was one day, and they're just like we need to go to their
0: house. Well, it's like Herb was like he went to church every week, multiple days a week. Like he was a very church dude. Like they were very church, you know. Okay. Um, so Susan had come running out of the house, crying and screaming for her father to call the police. And what they found was horrifying. Something in a small town like Holcomb Canvas that was unprecedented. So Nancy was found first. She had been shot in the back of the head with a shotgun held about two inches away. She was lying on her side, facing the wall, and the wall was covered with blood. The bed oh, covers were God. drawn to her shoulders. It's, this is very gruesome scenes. Um, And so when Sheriff Robinson pulled them back, it was seen that she was wearing a bathrobe, pajamas, socks, and slippers. It was almost as if whenever it happened, she hadn't gone to bed yet. Like, it's believed that she was writing in her um, diary, like, when she was shot. Um, So her hands were tied behind her, and her ankles were roped together um, with the kind of cord you see on Venetian blinds. And I'm going to pull up where in the book it says that she was um where she was
1: hmm I just the would have been a team blind is because I'm like very
0: it's okay, so she was um it's supposed that she was writing in her diary and what she said in her diary because she would write like not really complete sentences if that makes sense um she would write like little things that she did and so I think it was what did she say hmm I can't find it I should have written it down because I had it
1: why didn't you write it down I
0: don't know that's really stupid of me Hmm. i'm not sure i should have written it down i'll find it and um next episode um part two because this is gonna be a two-parter i'll say it but she had written down basically i remember one thing she wrote down she wrote down jolene cat's cherry pie so it was basically like in her diary she was just writing down like stuff that she did so like she could go back and be like oh yeah i did that you know it wasn't like full detailed of stuff so it was believed that she was writing her diary at her desk And she was shot. Oh, So Mrs. Clutter was found next. And this is so sad. I feel like just the way she was found, it was like the most personal. Um, She'd been tied to, but differently, with her hands in front of her so that she looked as though she were praying. And in one hand, she was holding, gripping a a handkerchief. The cord around her wrist ran down to her ankles, which were bound together, and then ran down to the bottom of the bed, where it was tied to the flatboard, a very complicated, artful piece of work. Imagine how long that took to do. She was wearing some jewelry, two rings, which is one of the reasons why people ruled out robbery as a motive. The other reasons is that there were bills and like money and purses everywhere, and none of them were taking. Were taken. It was only like, um, a fucking like radio was taken, and that was why it. Why the radio? I don't know and in the book it's like it's everyone's like why would they just take the radio and it's like it's because they thought there was like a safe there they thought there was a safe and there wasn't because yes they had money but they were not gonna fucking put it in like a safe and just like so they took the radio so they were like well we might we have to take something so that they think it's a fucking robbery which it was supposed to be but yeah it was just crazy. Um, she was also wearing a robe like her daughter, a white nightgown, and white socks. Um, her mouth had been taped with adhesive tape, but she'd been shot point blank in the side of her mouth. And I've been taped um, and um, and the side of the head. And the blast, the impact, had ripped the tape loose. Her eyes were wide open. Wide open. As though she oh, was no. still looking at the killer. And because she must have watched him do it. She must have watched him aim the gun and shoot it. Like she That's watched. So that. sad. It really was. Oh, okay. So then, then Kenyon was found, um, and they had been searching the whole house. They were like, "Where is and Where's Mister Clutter?" Kenyon wasn't in his room. Mister Clutter wasn't um in the master bedroom because, like I said, they, him and his wife, like had separate bedrooms. Um, they were found actually in like this little. It wasn't like, it was like a den sort of thing. Well, he, Kenyon was found in the den. Mister Clutter was found in, like. The, the
1: man then,
0: yeah in like the furnace room so kenny um then was kenny then kenny was found um and he was over in a corner lying on the couch he was gagged with adhesive tape and bound hand and foot like mrs clutter the same intricate process the cord leading from the hands to the feet and finally tied to an arm of the couch he was the most recognizable the one that had looked um the most like himself even though he'd been shot in the face like directly head on he he looked like himself he was wearing I t. I don't know, and because someone, because like it was like um, police interviews, and it was like the guy was like he looked like himself, like he looked like Kenyan. I looked at him and I was like, that's Kenyan, but everyone around me, like the sheriff, was like, he, you that's can't. Be space. <laughs> and yeah, but the guy was just like, I just know that's Kenyan. Um, he was wearing a t-shirt and blue jeans, and he was barefoot, as though he dressed in a hurry, just put on the first things that came to hand. His head was propped up. By a couple of pillows, like they've been stuffed under him to make an easier target, so it is believed that he heard the gunshots, and that he was one of the last ones to die. And he was like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here," but he was he wasn't able to. Oh no! Because he I had dressed in
1: my pajamas. I would have loved my
0: pajamas too, but I guess he was just like, "I'm gonna put on a shirt," because um, I don't know how he went to bed. I don't know if he went to bed like naked or whatever, you know. So finally, Mr. Clutter was found in the furnace room, which was like through. The, um, they had to get past Kenyon to get to Mr. Clutter. Um, so he'd been shot like everyone else, but especially like Kenyon, with the gun held right in front of his face. Um, but he was probably dead before he was shot, or at least he was dying, because his throat had been cut too.
1: Why he was his throat? Why? I don't know. He
0: was obviously like the target of this. So he was wearing striped pajamas, nothing else. His mouth was taped. The tape had been w- wounded, like plumped around his head. His ankles were tied together, but not his hands. And it's thought that maybe he had managed to break the cord binding his hands. I don't know if it was in, like, rage or, like, just...
1: Wait, pause. I just caught that you said, finally, what happened to the daughters?
0: Oh, the daughters, the two daughters, they're, um, they they don't live at home. Like, one lives in Illinois and one lives with um, her fiancé.
1: Okay, so they're alive.
0: In, like, Kansas City. Yes, they're not home. Don't worry. Um, so there is remaining family which imagine being those daughters and being like your whole family is dead like you only have each other now like that would suck so, the, the trauma um
1: that that would be very traumatic even if you're not there
0: it's yeah like... and even though you have your sister like your sister the one closest to you in age is like still alive it's like but everyone else is dead like your parents your, it's just horrible so he was sprawled in front of the furnace on a cardboard box that looked as though it had been laid there specifically. So it was like it wasn't there to begin with. Like they put it there and then put him on it. Um, it was a mattress box and on the mattress box was a half sole footprint with circles, two holes in the center like a pair of eyes. There was a steam pipe overhead and knotted to it. Dangling from it was a piece of cord, the, cu- the kind of cord the killer had used. Obviously, at some point, Mister Clutter had been tied there, um, strung up by his hands, and then cut down. Like it was a torture. So he was obviously, obviously, like the one. He was like tortured. He was stabbed, hung from like rope. Like everyone else was just shot point blank. Where did
1: they get this much rope?
0: Okay, so we'll get into okay. So that's it for part one. And so we'll get into next week about the killers. And the aftermath of this horrible, gruesome crime. Um, so the, the killers, I'll tell you this much. The killers went to, like, depot depot, to depot to depot and got, like, cords, rope, tape, fucking trash bags. If I work
1: at, like, Home Depot or the Depot and somebody comes in and buys so much, like, rope, tape, things like that, I'm gonna be like, yes, 911, I, there's... Yeah, says, I
0: think... I think they went to multiple places because we'll see how they got the money to do this because they did not have money to do, like, to buy this much stuff.
1: Ugh, um, the broke robbers, the audacity. Yeah.
0: So, um, so that is it for this week. Um, I'm sorry it ended on such a gruesome note, but that's it. We just
1: end with how they were killed.
0: Yeah. So, next week, we'll be talking about the killers and the how they led up to the crime and then the aftermath. Um, I will tell you that the killers' names actually are Perry. Give me a second. Okay, Perry Smith and Richard Hickock's, um, which were they were two ex convicts, so they had all, already been in jail.
1: So they weren't afraid of jail again,
0: huh? Well, one of them we'll get into it again. One of them was like very like they're both shitbags, bags, but one of them you sympathize more, like more with, which is Perry. Like Perry, you're like. Fucking Perry, my guy. But they're both shitbags. They're complete assholes. Perry um, Edward
1: Smith. Oh my god, but he looks so nice. He
0: he was. It was like, no, he's not, but like it's just everything about him is like you sympathize with him and then you realize, no, I sympathize with the you before you fucking killed these innocent people.
1: Richard um, looks like he'll just like he would pop a yeah, kid's
0: balloon. Too. Richard is like, his face is like something. Something did happen to his face. I keep on saying, wait, we'll get into all of them next week and remember, don't murder innocent souls, everyone. Don't murder um, anyone. Don't murder anyone, but I mean, if they're a shitbag, maybe. No. <laughs> okay, don't, don't. But, okay. Then remember, don't murder anyone. <laughs> At all. At all. And um, check out Alexa's episode about elizabeth bathory which i'm i love her i don't love her but like i love her like case so like this is gonna be fun um so yeah see you next week and i hope you guys have an amazing rest of your life existence on this earth it's gonna be amazing In
1: the existence
0: yes bye love you
1: bye